And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I'm pretty sure you've heard that before. You know, pastors always stress out about Christmas Eve. Um, All the commentaries and books on these passages, they always start by saying, how does the preacher offer something new on a night when the story is already so well known? Maybe we overthink this just a little bit. Because I'm not here tonight to tell you something new. My job is to remind you of something very old, some really good news that comes to us in really surprising ways. And it's news that if we truly wake up each day remembering, if we truly believe it, it changes everything about this life today, even as we live with the faith and hope of the life that is to come. That Greek word uh, for good news, it's the word euangelion, and it was used by Roman propagandists in the first century. They used it to spread the good news of Caesar Augustus. You see, the problem was that this good news, it only ever applied to about 6 or 7% of the Roman population. It was the privileged, the elite, those who had position and status and stuff. By its very nature, it set one segment of the people against the other. It put me against you, us against them. The news from Rome offered hope for 7% at the expense of the 93. So Luke chapter 2 begins by setting the birth of Jesus in this context, in the context of Rome, under the authority of Caesar and his governors. And the first readers of this gospel, they knew what Luke was doing. They knew the word euangelion. They knew exactly what it meant. They knew that it was Caesar's word, that it hardly applied to them. I'm here tonight to remind you of the actual good news. The news that the Luke 2 story is proclaiming. Because this good news reminds us that The power of God Almighty is a completely different kind of power than we've been taught to expect. And it's a very different kind of power than the one that we've been taught to seek. It's not the power of Rome, of Caesar. It is not oppositional in nature. It doesn't set me against you, us against them. It brings everyone together in relationship with each other, with our Creator. Y'all, that is really good news. And it belongs to everyone. In Luke's gospel, while Caesar is busy issuing decrees about a census, this way that he could manage and work out his earthly power, managing that me against you and us against them kind of power, this angel comes and he brings actual good news. Not just for 7% or 17% or 70%, From the seat of real power in heaven comes a message for all humankind. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. But here's what's crazy. Do you remember who this news was delivered to? They were shepherds and they were just doing their job. And y'all, it was the worst job. It was the most disrespected job in society. By the time of Jesus' birth, shepherds were marginalized. They were avoided like the plague. They literally lived on the outskirts of society. They had no place, no community to call home. They were perpetually unclean in a religious sense. That made them outcasts in their faith. They were physically unclean. They were dirty. They stunk. They had nothing other than one of the lowest paying jobs in the world. That made them social outcasts. There were nobodies out in the middle of nowhere. But they are the ones that God chose to receive that good news. That good news meant for all people. That message is given to the most powerless, most marginal people that you could ever imagine. If you're making up a story like this, you don't put such powerful words in the mouth of the powerless. A story is only told this way because that's how it happened. Because it's true. The angel goes on to explain that this is good news and it centers around the birth of a child to a young woman who is also from the margins of society. She's a nobody from nowhere. They'll find that baby not lying safe, comfortable, clean. They'll find him, find him lying wrapped in cloth laying in a manger wrapped in cloth just like he will be after he's taken down from that cross laid in a manger just as he will be laid in that tomb a feeding trough for a baby bed that baby laid in the place where creatures come to eat because he will be the bread of life Broken for you. Later on, wise men will come bearing gifts. One of those gifts is actually an oil that's used to prepare bodies for burial. I mean, like, seriously, how awkward must that have been? Like, thanks for the gold, thanks for the frankincense, and thanks for the myrrh, dude. (laughs) Appreciate it. Y'all, without Easter, Christmas has no meaning. And without Christmas, Easter has no power. But long before he is bestowed with weird and extravagant gifts from these visitors from the east, common shepherds arrive to witness the good news brought to life laying in a manger. But here's the point that I want to make tonight. This is nothing new. These are the same old words that you've heard every Christmas. But tonight, as you celebrate the birth of Christ, as you gather with family and friends over the coming days... I want to ask you to really reflect on four simple words. The first four words that the angel delivers in his message to these shepherds. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Yes, back then they were living under fear, the authority, the power of Rome. Rome that establishes its peace by killing anybody who opposes it. 
And yes, the vast majority of them felt like nobodies from nowheres. They would think that that's how the world sees them. We are not to be afraid of perceived insignificance. 2,000 years ago and today, we don't have to listen to the lies. Because the most powerful and significant being in all eternity looks at us, looks at you, and calls you his child. Sees you as a person of great significance, so much so that he stepped into a manger, walked alongside us, hung on a cross, and walked out of the tomb so that he could be with you now and forever. Others have have built something in this life. Uh, Maybe we've attained the power that this world adores. We've attained position and status and stuff, things that we're all now afraid to lose. For those 2,000 years ago, for us today, and for everybody who will come in the future, we are not to be afraid of losing position and status and stuff. We are to set our mind on eternal things, the things of God. And if we do that, we will quickly realize the stuff just doesn't matter. You see, in Jesus, God has revealed in the most dramatic way possible that position and status and stuff don't matter. People do. Y'all, I really believe that the chaos that we're experiencing today, whether it's because of the pandemic or the economy or politics, whatever we believe is causing so much chaos in our life, at the root of it is fear. Everybody is operating out of fear. In our day, the right is afraid of the left. The left is afraid of the right. The people in the middle are afraid of extremes on both sides. All sides are operating out of fear. Fear that they might lose the position, the status, and the stuff that they have if the other is in control. Citizens are afraid of immigrants. Christians are afraid of Muslims and atheists. We're afraid of religious and non-believers alike. Honestly, it seems like we're afraid of everybody these days. We're beginning to look at the world with fear. To see them as other, as something other than us. But that is not how scripture teaches us to look at the world. That is not why the baby came. We are not to fear them, we are to love them. We are to see ourselves in them. Before Christ found me, I was lost. I was them. We are to see ourselves in the other, in them, in the people around us. And offer to them the same good news that has been offered to us. The same good news that the angels offered to the shepherds on that holy night. Do not be afraid. Come and see the baby. Come and find out just how much you're loved. Throughout this Christmas story, an angel appears to Joseph and to Mary, to Mary's Cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah, the angel appears to shepherds, to wise men. And do you know the first four words that every single one of them heard? Do not be afraid. Yes, what's about to happen, it's insane. And it's not at all what you expected. Do not be afraid. 
Yes, this event is going to turn the world upside down. But look around. This world needs a little upside down. So do not be afraid. Yes, the coming of Christ means that we will lose some stuff. We'll, we'll lose brokenness and sin. We're going to lose shame and guilt. We're going to lose things like injustice and suffering. We're going to lose sickness and death. Our tears of sadness and pain are going to be turned into tears of joy. We will lose our heads down, feet to the grindstone posture that many of us have adopted as we walk through this life. That posture will be turned upside down into dancing, jumping for joy into the arms of our Savior. Now the good news for us tonight is that Christmas is not just the anniversary celebration of Jesus' birth. It is the remembering of what God has already done in Jesus Christ, and it is the promise of his return, of the coming of God's kingdom in its fullness. So at Christmas, we proclaim not only what God has done in the birth of Jesus, but what he is getting ready to do in the birth of new creation. So the question for us tonight, having received this good news, how will we now leave? How will we all return to regular life after the celebration's over? I want you to listen to how a bunch of nobodies, shepherds in a field, listen to how they return. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things And pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Glory to God in the highest. Amen.